people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. ご採用以上の高齢者使用を選ぶ権利を認め支援する制度通称プラン75が今日の国会で可決されました政府に求める国民の声が高まってきました今日の一番手は一さん行く私は後でいいたまにはいいけどなそこで皆様ご一緒に
then film got theatrical release in Japan and some other countries. That's how I started my directing career. But I still had working for that TV company at the time. So I quit my daytime job and decided to become a full-time director. Then it was 2018, and, and it took another four years before I could make my first feature-length film, Plan 75. Where did the idea for the short version of Plan 75 come from? already had that concept before 10 years Japan. I was thinking to make it in future film. But at the time, I don't know anyone who can work with me as a producer. I got to know about 10 Year Japan project. It was a closed competition for young film directors. And one of the producers of the film, Eiko Misno Gray, she asked me if I'm interested in applying it. The film is about Japan in 10 years in future. So I thought Class 75 is a good fit to that concept. So I decided to make a short version first as a kind of pilot film. How did you go from that shorter version to the longer version? Sounds like you already had the longer version in mind. I initially thought about Future Length, a story with five main characters. When I made a short version, I focused on only one character. Then, you know, after making a short version, I went back to develop the story in a full length with these five people. But five people is still too many, I thought. And so I narrowed down to like three main characters, which is Michi, the old lady, and also Hiromu, the salesperson of the Plastic Five, and Maria, who's working for the facility from Philippines. You know, in future length format, I could depict more uh, characters from different backgrounds and dig deeper into characters, you know, emotional and reveal the reality and detail, more detail of the system of Plan 75. In short film, I tend to focus on the impact of the story and the concept of Plan 75. And I chose a dark ending to fuel audiences' anxiety and asking, like, uh, do you re really want to leave the society like this? However, while developing the script of future version, I was, the COVID pandemic happened and I was so devastated. I started thinking that I should present a kind of hope in this film. Nobody wants to watch depressing film because our reality is already depressing. I didn't want to make people uneasy. We've already been depressed in real life. So I changed some of the characters' settings and also changed the ending. Why 75? Why that particular number? In Japan, um, the government called people aged over 75. I don't know what to say in English, but it's like late term elderly people. It's a kind of special term they call them. And when they created that term, I felt so bad. I was not comfortable to use that word with like later term of the elderly people. It sounds like these people is a you know in the last very last stage of the their life. So I, I really don't like that term. And I'm then they, you know, close to nine by their age. So seventy five is a age that our government decided to make the border 
between early stage of the elderly and other younger people. And after over 75, you see later stage. So I thought if they make plan system like this, they definitely will use 75 as an age. And the plan, the term plan sounds like a insurance plan. It gives you the impression that easy to use and convenient is really some kind of like insurance plan. So very casual sound. So that's why I use that term. The name, the name, like plan 75. I was curious because I know retirement age here in the U.S. is like 67 now, I think it is. And I know there's the fight in France to try to keep it at 62 or they might be trying to move it to 62, which is bad. So I was just curious because there's not that many years between 67 and 75. So I was curious as far as how the elderly are looked at and treated in Japan. Ageism is existing in society. Also, the media, television and the media fuel the people's anxiety to becoming old. We might lose health, we might get sick, and we might become dementia. If we don't have family, we might have to die at home alone and nobody will find us. Something like that, you know. There's so many like anxiety and fear we have about being old. It's, I think it's kind of national phobia for Japanese to becoming old. Like back then, like when I was a child, being old is, you know, is a good thing. We, we are thinking it was thought that it's a thing to live longer and we respect the elderly. We have respect to the elderly, but now a lot of people think that elderly people are, could be a burden to society and elderly people themselves, they feel themselves that they are burden, they could be a burden to society or family. So they wanted to die before they become burden to anyone. So that kind of thinking is, you know, becoming more than obvious now. That's, that's why if we have, if government make the plan 75, a lot of people will accept it, will agree it. In fact, after release of this film, and there's so many people said, we want this system, we want this option. Yeah, so many people, yeah, say that. It's understandable. Not because they want to get rid of the elderly, but they won't have that option for themselves because they were so much, they worry so much about being old. Is assisted suicide is illegal in Japan? It's not allowed. Illegal. But a lot more and more people discuss about it. They want to have assisted suicide, especially when they get older. As you can tell that this film is not like pro or con euthanasia. I didn't want to be judgmental to about that issue. And also I don't I didn't want to blame the people who take the choice. To avoid the judgmental attitude, I think I took the kind of a documentary approach, just observing what's happening in the society. And I wanted to leave that audience, how they feel, how they react to that situation. Can you tell me about your co-writer, Jason Gray? 
Jason, he is a partner of Eiko with Nugureshi. Both of them are producers of Plan 75. And basically, he gave me advices on structure and analytical feedback throughout the process of writing. And he has a good eye on how to build a structure and emotional art of the characters. Also, he helped me find a kind of premise of this film. And Jason and Eiko and me, like three of us working to develop the script for about four years. And it sounds like you did that a lot during the pandemic. We studied actually 2019 is right before pandemic happened. Then it went through all the pandemic years. So that experience changed a lot when writing the story, the direction of the film. Can you tell me about your cast? They seem amazing. Chieko Baisho, who played the protagonist, she is the um, a legendary actress and singer in Japan. And it's it's kind of rare that, you know, that famous actress plays working for, you know, a first-time director like me. And she's been working for mostly like studio films for many years. So it was almost like a miracle for me that she accepted this role. But and working with her was really amazing experience for me. I was struck with wonder when I watched her performance during the shoot. And her presence and also her presence broadened the range of audience. So the film was a smash hit at the box office in Japan. It was a smash hit in Japan, and I know it's won a ton of awards as well. It must have felt great to have your first film reach that acclaim. One year ago, from now, I was still in the studio finishing the film, and I didn't imagine this would happen at the time. So I was so happy and really appreciate all the people who made this film together with me. This success was brought by collective intelligence of all the cast members and staff members because filmmaking, I can't do it alone. So I truly appreciate it. And also this success, I believe that will help me to next film. I'm very happy about it. What were some of the biggest challenges making your first film though? I went to film school only one year and I had only like basic knowledge. I've never worked in on set for other directors. So I had almost like no experience on set. I didn't really know what exactly a director do on set, how to direct, when, in what timing to give the, you know, direction to actors. I don't, I didn't know the, you know, the process. And so it took some days till I get used to that environment. But everybody knows I'm the first-time director, so they try to help me, and they try to teach me what to do, and also they gave me a little idea. And in, so, in fact, I think it was good that there was a mood that everyone can speak their idea freely and be more creative. So I think it was good for the film. I know a lot of first-time directors get a lot of help and, and 
guidance from their cinematographer. Who was your cinematographer on this? Um, the photographer is Hideho Urata. He's a Japanese based in Singapore. He is working for many first-time directors in Singapore and, and other countries. So she, I can say that he's a mentor of live filmmaking. He's so helpful, but he is not is not the person who tries to control the director, but that uh, he really uh, listened. He tried to understand what I really wanted to do. I wanted to do. She was really great cinematographer and also great mentor. Probably I was very lucky to work with him. What were some of the best things you remember about working on the film? We feel the Nazi at Michigan at the sunset. It's very. It was cloudy in the morning. We worried that we might not be able to film the sunset on the day, and there was no extra day to shoot because we are working on tight budget. We didn't have extra filming date. And then when we finished at Mitch's apartment scene in the afternoon, we headed to the location to film the last scene. It was still cloudy, no sun at all. But like 30 minutes before we arrived, the clouds started to clear away slowly, but we still have nice clouds around, so we could get perfect sunset. And, uh, you know, the sky was perfect. Cheiko Baishu's performance was perfect. She was perfect. So we all surrounded Cheiko Baishu from her back, listening to her song. And it was like a miraculous moment, and I will never forget. Any, we don't have any cloud at all. It looks totally different. So we, we felt that, yeah, there is a miracle happened on that day. What was it like going to Cannes with the film? Of course, it was amazing. Like my first festival experience was Cannes when I was, you know, student. Not exactly student, but when I went to student section. But it was um, 2014, so it's about eight years ago. And that's where I met producer Aiko in that year. And she was working for another film. Uh, but uh, I met her in that can in 2014. But after eight years, I made my future film with her. And we all went back to the same festival. So it was a pretty nice experience. And also, this film was made, it was an international co-production of Japan, France and Philippines, but we've never been able to get together in person because of the COVID. We always talk on like over Zoom. It was the first time in Cannes where we all get together and see in person <laughs> finally. So it was a really, really amazing time. What are you working on now? What's next for you? Because South 75 is very, you know, socially social issue of the ended film. So I wanted to do totally different things next. I wanted to make more like personal story based on my childhood. It's gonna be about a teenage girl who face up faces up to dying father. It's all inspired my childhood experience. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate this and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Me too. Thank you very much. Enjoy the mod. Thank you so much.